0: From the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present, Let the Bible Speak.
1: It's good to have you join
0: us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all his fullness to men and women in all their need. you a warm welcome and we thank you for joining with us today. Our scripture reading is from Ephesians chapter 6 and we'll read from verse 10 to verse 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. And may God's blessing be on the reading of his holy and infallible word. Let us pray. Most gracious and loving Father in heaven, it is with joy that we approach unto thee this day. We confess that in us dwelleth no good thing, but we come to thee solely through Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Saviour, our Redeemer. We thank thee that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We rejoice that he gave his life, that ransom for many on the cross of Calvary, and that he died the death of all deaths, so that we can live in him. As we gather here tonight around thy word, we pray for thy blessing. We pray for thy nearness. We pray for thy spirit to make the word of God effectual in each of our hearts. We're so thankful that we do have a Bible and that thou hast revealed thyself to us through it. But Lord, we pray now as we come into thy word that thou would speak to us, that thou would challenge us that thou would build us up in the most holy faith. So we look to thee now for the forgiveness of our sins and thy blessing upon our time together, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Whenever we are saved by the grace of God and brought into a loving union with the Lord Jesus Christ, a lot changes in our life. We no longer live for sin and we no longer live for the world. We begin a new path on the Christian journey, following after the Lord Jesus Christ and living as disciples for him. Seldom do we realize that whenever we become Christians, that we will in fact enter into a battle. It will be a spiritual battle. Many today paint the picture that whenever you become a Christian, all your problems disappear and you never have a worry or a trial. Well, the scripture teaches us something completely different. In fact, the Apostle Paul paints an honest picture of the Christian life here in scripture. He describes the spiritual battle that we are in. And in this letter to the church at Ephesus, he gives great details about this battle. Notice in verse 10, the exhortation that he gives. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He doesn't say to these believers at Ephesus, be strong in your own power, be strong in your own ability, be strong in your own wisdom. No, he directs them to the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not our might, not the might of a mighty, sizable congregation, but be strong in the Lord and make him our strength. And then in verse 11, he gives an instruction for this spiritual battle. He says put on the whole armor of God. He encourages the Christians that for this spiritual battle, the Lord has provided spiritual armor. We're not left alone. We're not left defenseless. We're not abandoned. The Lord has provided an armor for us. And Paul says, put on the whole armor. That is every single piece of the armor. And then he gives the reason why in verse 11 that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Paul says this is why you need the spiritual armor. This is why you need the whole armor of God, so that you can stand against the devil. By implication, what Paul is saying is that if you don't have on the whole armor of God, you won't be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then he gives that solemn reminder in verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. On our own strength, we can't stand against these things. But the Lord has not left us alone. He has given us wisdom. He has given us the armor of God that we can put on. And the apostle Peter, he spoke something similar. In 1 Peter 5, verse 8, he warned the believers. He said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And of course, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to turn us away from God. He wants to create unbelief in our heart. He wants us to succumb to temptation. He wants you and I to abandon the Christian faith, which is why it's so important We have on the whole armor of God. Now this is not a truth that is merely applicable to the Christians at Ephesus in the first century. What has been written aforetime is written for our learning. And there's great spiritual truths for us to glean from this chapter. We don't have time to look at the whole armor of God here today. We're going to look at the sixth piece of the armor. The Apostle Paul says in verse 17. He says, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And it's the sword of the spirit, the word of God, I'd like us to focus upon here today. Five short headings to leave with you. First of all, let us notice the provision of the sword, the provision of the sword, of the sword. Now the imagery that the Apostle Paul has created here in the mind of the reader is that of the Roman soldier that the believers at Ephesus and in the surrounding regions would have been very familiar with. The soldier with his helmet, with his breastplate, with his shield and with his sword would have been a very familiar sight to the reader. Well imagine that soldier as he signs up for the Roman army not being provided with any of his armour it would have been a most unlikely circumstance. And so it is for the Christian as we come and join uh, the kingdom of God, as we join the Lord's family and indeed the Lord's army, the Lord provides for us the spiritual armor that we need for the spiritual battles. So God has provided you and I with a sword for the spiritual battle. And we're not left to wonder what this sword is. We're not left to imagine or create our own sword. God tells us the sword of the spirit for the battle is the word of God. Now, this book that God has provided, the Holy Bible, is a book that excels all other books because it has been provided by God himself. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Paul says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That is breathed out from the mouth of God. So the sword is, that God has provided us for the spiritual battle, is his own word breathed out from his own mouth. Now, sadly, today, many attack the word of God. They attack the sword that God has provided for us. They try to tell us that the Bible is a book invented by men. They try to convince us that it is a book of fairy tales and make-believe. But it's not, dear friend. This is the word of the Lord. Psalm 68 verse 11 tells us, The Lord give the word. And dear friends, the means of communication that God has to us today is the word of God and that exclusively. So we don't need to arm ourselves with anything else. God has provided for us his word. And can I say, he has provided this book exclusively. Paul does not say, take the sword of the spirit, the word of God and the sword of apologetics, the sword of science, the sword of philosophy, none of those things. The sword, the word of God has been provided exclusively for me and for you. Problems come in our Christian life whenever we substitute the word of God, whenever we replace the word of God with something else. Some people say, well, and I, I read my Bible and it doesn't seem to help me, so I close my Bible and I'm, I'm finding help in, in other means. No, dear friend, we're not to substitute the Word of God. We're to lean upon the Word of God exclusively as our sword. Sadly, many have turned away from Scripture. Some have turned to self-help books. Some have turned, rather than the preaching of the Word, to motivational pep talks or the modern-day TED talk. We're not to do that God speaks to us through this word this sword has been provided for us to eat us in the spiritual battle so first of all we have the provision of the sword secondly we have the purity of the sword the purity of the sword I was doing some research about swords and the Japanese are quite into their sword making They uh, spend a lot of time uh, shaping and fashioning their swords. And there's one particular Japanese sword. And the artist, whenever he's making it, he puts it into the fire. He brings it out. He folds it in half and beats it. And he puts it back in. And he repeats this process 17 times to make sure that that sword is as pure a metal as can possibly be. Well, many today, they claim that the Bible is a mixture of truth and error. They try to tell us that we have an impure sword. They try to tell us we have a blunt sword. And sadly, there are those today who who aren't even sure if we have the complete word of God or not. They try to tell us that God's word has been lost down through the ages. They try to tell us that we are still on a recovery mission to try to piece together the word of God. Well, dear friends, that is not true. The Lord gave the word and the Lord has also preserved the word. The great confessions of faith, it began with the Westminster Confession. In chapter 1, section 8, it said, The Old Testament in Hebrew, the New Testament in Greek, being immediately inspired by God and by his singular care and providence, kept pure in all ages, are therefore authentical. Kept pure in all ages. That is what our Protestant forefathers believed. And that statement was repeated in the Savoy Declaration and the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith as well. God's word has not been lost. It has not been corrupted. It has not been polluted. It has been wonderfully preserved. Kept pure in every age. So we have a pure sword that God has given to us to do battle with. Thirdly, the purpose of the sword. The purpose of the sword. Now, this is not a call to physical violence. The Lord never calls us to physical violence. In fact, whenever Peter took out his sword to attack Malchus, uh, the servant of the high priest, the Lord Jesus rebuked him in Matthew twenty-six fifty-two. He said, put up again thy sword into his place for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. The Christian isn't called to violence. This is a spiritual battle. And there's two purposes for God giving us this sword. First of all, to protect us. In James chapter four, verse seven, we are told, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Well, how are we to do that? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ shows us how. In Matthew chapter four, whenever he's going through his temptation, We read that the devil came to him and the Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't rebuke the devil by using earthly wisdom. He didn't use philosophy. He didn't call the angels from heaven to rebuke the devil. No, we read that the Lord Jesus Christ used scripture. He used the sword of the spirit, the word of God, in order to rebuke the devil. And that is how we protect ourselves. That is how we advance in the Christian faith by arming ourselves with the word of God, the sword of the spirit. The second purpose of the sword is for advancement in the Christian life. Think of that Roman soldier as he goes out into the battlefield. Imagine he went out into the battlefield and he forgot to take his sword with him. Well, he would be a pretty useless and incompetent soldier. He wouldn't get too far on the battlefield. And so it is for the Christian. We will only advance as far in the Christian life as far as we advance in God's word. We will not become strong in the faith if we neglect the word. In fact, if anything, we'll become weak in the faith. We'll become a prey to the attacks of the evil one. So scripture has been given for us, for us to advance. Christians become strong whenever they are in the word of God. God has given us his word to strengthen us in our pilgrim journey. And we can look through history and we can see those who have used the word of God for advancement and how they have advanced in the Christian life. They've become holier through the word. They've become more Christ-like through the word. The word has been central to their advancement in the Christian faith. So the purpose of the sword. Let's think fourthly here of the power of the sword. There's many swords in the world. Some of them are blunt swords. Some some of them are weak and ineffectual swords. But we can't say that about the word of God. The word of God is the most powerful of all swords in the world. God has given this to be our powerful force for our advancement in the Christian life. Hebrews 4 verse 12 The apostle says, for the word of God is quick. That word can also be translated living or alive. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And as we read through the Bible, we see the power that the word of God has had. We can go back to the days of King Josiah. And whenever the word of God was recovered and read and taught to the people, reformation came to the land of Judah. We can think Of whenever Ezra preached the word by the water gate, the people wept. Because the word of God came with power and it brought conversion, it brought repentance, it brought change. We can think of whenever Peter preached the word of God on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls swept into the kingdom. It wasn't the word of Peter, it was the word of God that he preached to the people. And we can look at countless revivals down through the centuries. And what has been the focus of them all? The word of God. Because there's power in this word. There's power in this word to take a man or woman who are dead in trespasses and sins and bring them to new life in Jesus Christ. There's power uh, in the word of God to come into a home and to transform a family, a mother, a father and a children. There's power in the word of God. And there's power in this word because as Paul says, it's the sword of the Spirit. You see, dear friends, the Word of God and the Spirit of God work together in unity. They do not work separate from each other, they work together. The Word of God by itself, and I say this with the utmost reverence, is a book of paper and ink. Many people can read it and not be changed. You need the Holy Spirit to make the word effectual in those who read it and those who hear it. And likewise. The Holy Spirit will not work in the hearts of men or women who do not have the word of God, who have not heard it, who have not read it. The word and the spirit work together. The Apostle Paul asked the question, how can they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And very simply, a person cannot believe on Jesus Christ without the word of God. That's why it's imperative that we get the word of God out amongst the nations, why we get it to our friends, our families, our neighbors, so that they can hear the good news of the gospel. That's why we invite people under the sound of the preaching of God's word, so they can hear about the blessed redeemer and only savior of sinners. So there's power in the word of God. Fifthly and finally, let's think of the prevailing of the sword the prevailing of the sword. Many swords have been wielded in battle, but not all of them have prevailed and been victorious. Well, God's word is a prevailing sword. It is a successful sword. Isaiah 55 verse 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So God takes ownership of his word. He says, it's my word from my mouth. And he gives that threefold promise. It shall not return void. It shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper. Sadly today, many in professing Christendom are losing faith and confidence in the word of God. They're saying, well, the preaching of the word isn't working anymore. The distribution of gospels and New Testaments and Bibles isn't working anymore. We need to find new methods to try and make people Christians. Dear friends, we don't have to do those things. Because God has given his word and he has attached precious promises to his word. The Lord Jesus Christ used the word of God. In Luke chapter 10 verses 25 And 26, when the lawyer came and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? The Lord Jesus Christ turned him to Scripture. He said, what is written in the law? How readest thou? He didn't turn him to anything else except the word of God. The Apostle Paul also, whenever in Acts 17, we read, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. So here we see that the Apostle Paul followed the example of Christ and he brought people to the Word of God. And dear friends, that's to be our example too. We're to bring people to the Word of God because it pleases God by the foolishness of preaching the Word to save them that believe. God has given this Word To prevail in our lives. But can I say dear friend. The dusty bible on your bookshelf. Will not make you a better Christian. A stronger Christian. The bible that you leave. uh, In your car door. And take into church from one week to the next. uh, Will not make you a stronger Christian. It is only by. Reading and studying. And living the word of God. That it will uh, be beneficial. To us. Well, coming to a close here today. The Christian is in that battle. But we're not to be weary. We're not to be defeatist. The Lord has given us his word to be our sword. We find the exhortation often repeated in scripture. It's the exhortation, take heed. Exodus thirty-four, twelve: take heed to thyself. And that exhortation is repeated over and over. Well, dear friend, we are to take heed in this evil and wicked day. But God has not left us alone. He has given us the whole armour of God. So can I say that if your sword has been neglected, if the Bible has been neglected in your life, make this the day that you pick it up, you begin reading it, you begin praying over it, you begin studying it, and you begin to live it, that is to practice it in your life. The strongest Christian are those who know their Bible, who love their Bible, and those who live their Bible. May God bless his word to you here today. Let us conclude with prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we have not been left in darkness to seek thee out, but thou hast given us thy word to be that lamp unto our feet and that light unto our path. So bless thy word to each one here today. May we hide it within our hearts that we sin not against thee, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv. We look forward to joining with you next time
1: as we seek to let the Bible speak once again.